Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. A few movies that I saw in my youth were sort of defining films. And you'll hear people talk about the films that define them. People born of a certain era might say Star Wars or Indiana Jones. But as time marched on, other people started to have films that were very important to them. And they would often refer to that film as their Star Wars. I had a friend who was very much into Star Wars. He had more figures than anyone I ever knew. But then as time marched on, another film came out. And it's not a film you would think, well, this is the film that's going to take him away from Star Wars. It was The Karate Kid. He was obsessed with The Karate Kid, and I think tried to model just about everything he did after Daniel in the movie and Ralph Macchio in real life, dressing like him, buying Tiger and Teen Beat magazines that featured him, and then trying to dress like him. Over the years, I've met a lot of people who have really interesting choices of favorite films, and the reason why is often very complicated. In the case of my Karate Kid-loving friend, I have no idea why. I never got to ask him, but it always stuck in my mind, and since then, I have met people whose favorite film was, say, Dirty Dancing, or Fletch, or Caddyshack. And on the surface, you could say, well, they must like it because they like dancing, or they like music, or they like comedy. But often there's something deeper. So where am I going with this? I have found that interacting with these people over their favorite subject has often given me a better appreciation for that. So if you know somebody who says to you, well, Point Break is my Star Wars, you might laugh a little, but take a moment. Maybe ask them why. Maybe sit down if you have the time and watch it with them. You might walk away having watched Point Break again and thinking, well, it's not my favorite film. Or you might walk away with a better appreciation for a film that might be off your radar. On today's show, I'd like to talk to you about Karate Kid. A movie that meant a lot to a good friend of mine. Maybe it still does. I'm going to talk about the people in front of and behind the camera. We'll talk about the music, the sequels, the animated series, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Karate Kid is a 1984 romantic dramedy martial arts film. It was directed by John G. Avildsen and written by Robert Kamen. It starred Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, and Elizabeth Shue. Robert Kamen is an American screenwriter. He's worked in motion pictures since the early 80s. 
He's probably best known as the co-creator of the Karate Kid and the Transporter series, although he more recently wrote the Taken films with Liam Neeson. He's a frequent collaborator with Luc Besson and worked on The Fifth Element, a film with a pretty big cult following. Some of the other films that he worked on include Taps, Lethal Weapon 3, and the Dolph Lundgren version of The Punisher. The film was directed by John Gilbert Avildsen. He was born in 1935. He would win an Academy Award for Best Director in 1977 for a film that is very similar to The Karate Kid, Rocky. He was born in Oak Park, Illinois. His first film was a low-budget feature called Joe, which starred Peter Boyle. That was followed up by a 1973 film, Save the Tiger, which was nominated for three Oscars and starred Jack Lemmon. Three years later, he would direct what is probably his best-known film, 1976's Rocky, starring Sylvester Stallone. Afterward, he would direct The Karate Kid, 1981's Neighbors, and would return to the Rocky franchise for Rocky V, with many other films in between. Filming for The Karate Kid took place between October 14, 1983 and November 27, 1983, so a very fast shoot. A lot of the locations can be found online. There's lots of photos of them. Most of them are in the Los Angeles area of California. If you want to see a lot of these locations and photos of where they are and what they look like now, you might want to check out itsfilmthere.com. And for a breakdown of Mr. Miyagi's house in the film, you'll want to go to a website called iamnotastalker.com, which, although it has a strange name, does in fact have information about filming locations. The film is about Daniel LaRusso, a high school senior whose mother Lucille is given a job in Reseda, California, which is in the Los Angeles-San Fernando Valley area of California. So they pack up and move out of Newark and into an apartment building that is not the best place in the world, but it has a handyman named Kasuki Miyagi, or, as we come to know him, Mr. Miyagi. When Daniel goes to school, things aren't great. He meets Allie Mills, a cheerleader, kind of sweet on her, but... Allie has a jerk of an ex-boyfriend, Johnny Lawrence, who is a karate master in the Cobra Kai dojo. He starts to torment Daniel, and Daniel thinks he could take some karate. He goes to this dojo. Turns out there's Johnny Lawrence there, and we meet Kreese, John Kreese, who's an ex-Special Forces Vietnam vet who runs the Cobra Kai dojo, and he is not very nice. When Daniel is attacked one day, he is saved by Mr. Miyagi, and... Mr. Miyagi takes him under his wing, offers to teach him karate, and does so through some unorthodox training that involves Daniel fixing up his house, where famous lines like wax on, wax off come from. He also learns some really interesting maneuvers like the crane maneuver by learning balance. This turns Daniel's life around, and him and Mr. Miyagi bond, and with Mr. Miyagi's backing, he is able to go into the karate tournament and do very well against the Cobra Kai boys. Just a fun little fact, when I was watching the movie again, they never really mentioned the name of the high school that Daniel attends, but if you look really closely, there is a sticker that says West Valley High School, so I guess we could assume that might be the high school that Daniel goes to. After these messages, we'll be right back. Ladies and gents, it's the Betcha by the Chip Fight in this corner. Andy Cassette, contender to ride a Chips Ahoy without riding a chip. And in this corner, Chips Ahoy, champion of chocolate chip cookies. He takes a bite. Ooh. He's got a ton of chocolate chips. From the right, from the left. He's knocked out by a little chip. 
Champ, what's going on? Uh, nothing. Now you can get the Karate Kid Part 2 poster free in specially marked bags of Chips Ahoy. Fighting Tartar with regular toothpaste is like trying to dig a hole to China with a teaspoon. That's why Wisdom Tooth says, use Colgate Tartar Control. Colgate's proven 44% better than a regular toothpaste at fighting tartar buildup. 44%. So, to help beat tartar, get Colgate. To go to China, take a jet. Colgate Tartar Control, the wise choice. And now, back to the show. The movie has a great cast. Ralph Macchio played Daniel LaRusso. Ralph George Macchio Jr. was born in 1961. American actor, probably best known for his work in The Karate Kid, My Cousin Vinny, and The Outsiders, Stay Golden Pony Boy. He was also in the TV series Eight is Enough, and more recently on the television comedy Ugly Betty. In the original script, the last name of Daniel was Weber. And while Ralph Macchio would get the role, other people did try out for it, including Kyle Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's son, and Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen supposedly turned down the role, opening it up to Ralph Macchio. When Macchio filmed the movie, he was 22. Most people do not believe that because he does look very young. He kind of always did, and he's done some fun videos online making fun of his very youthful image. At one point in the film, Daniel is given a car by Mr. Miyagi. It's a 1948 Ford Super Deluxe. After the filming was done, it was given as a gift to Ralph Macchio, who still owns it. A lot is made of the crane technique, which, while I'm not an expert in karate, I'm led to believe is fictional, but it is based on a stance in karate, I guess called the crane stance. Maybe the Miyagi family just turned it into something that we don't know about. So Noriyuki Pat Morita played Kasuki Miyagi. Pat Morita was born in 1932, sadly passed away in 2005, was an American film and television actor. He played Arnold on Happy Days and, of course, is probably better known as Mr. Miyagi in all the Karate Kid films. And he did such a good job, he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for this film. Most people knew him as Pat Morita, but from what I've read, they decided to use his birth name, Noriyuki, because the producers of the film wanted him to sound more ethnic. The studio wanted the role of Mr. Miyagi to be played by Toshira Mifun. Meiko Awamatsu was also considered for the role, but he was busy with Conan the Destroyer. Morita got the role despite them having a no-comedian policy, and he was a comedian and a comedic actor because he was able to bring a not-too-serious but yet still bring drama to it. And when I say there's drama, there's a scene where Mr. Miyagi drinks and starts to talk about his past. And it was a scene that the studio wanted pulled from the film because they thought it was very serious and it slowed down the pace. But the director pushed for it, and it really is the scene that earned Marita the Oscar nomination. Elizabeth Shue played Allie Mills. Elizabeth Judson Shue born in 1963 was in The Karate Kid, Adventures in Babysitting, Back to the Future 2, 3, Cocktail, Leaving Las Vegas, The Saint, Hollow Man, you name it. She's been in a ton of films. Most recently, you probably saw her in the police drama CSI crime scene investigation. I have not seen that show in a long time, so I was kind of surprised to hear she was on it. William Billy Sapka played John Johnny Lawrence. Billy was born in 1965. He's an American actor, producer, director, writer. 
Despite all that, he's probably best known for his string of villainous roles in the 1980s, ones that I've always associated with him. He was in The Karate Kid as Johnny Lawrence, Greg Tolan in Just One of the Guys. He played Jack in National Lampoon's European Vacation, and, of course, Chaz Osborne in Back to School. Sapka still owns the red leather jacket he wore in The Karate Kid, and originally his character was going to be called Donald Rice, but for some reason they changed it to Johnny Lawrence. Martin Cove played Crease, John Crease. Allegedly, this role was first offered to Chuck Norris, but there's some dispute if this is true. Some say he turned it down because he didn't want to show karate people in a negative light. But Norris has said that he was never offered the role. But if he had, he would have declined it for that very reason. Finally, Randy Heller played Lucille LaRusso. Randy Heller was born in 1947. Television and film actress, probably best known to wide audiences for her work in The Karate Kid. She was also on the 1970s sitcom Soap, playing Jodie Dallas's roommate Alice. Most recently, you will see her on the TV show Mad Men as the secretary Ida Blankenship, and on the FX TV show Wilford as Margot. The film was released on June 22, 1984, and had a running time of 126 minutes. It was budgeted at $8 million and would bring in $90.8 million at the box office. The week it opened, it had pretty good competition, so it was only in the top five, coming in at number five. Ahead of it were Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Rhinestone. And right behind it were Star Trek The Search for Spock, Top Secret, The Natural, The Pope of Greenwich Village, Beach Street, Romancing the Stone, and Police Academy. If you walked into the movie theater back then, why would you ever leave? With most movies, there are deleted scenes, and there were two confrontations between Daniel and Johnny, which would eventually be cut from the film. The first would take place in the school cafeteria when Daniel buys lunch for Allie. Johnny gets all freaked out and then puts some pie onto Daniel's chair. There is a novelization of The Karate Kid, and a photo from that scene can be seen on the back of that novelization, which was written by B.B. Hiller. Another scene takes place at a water fountain, where Daniel comes face-to-face -face with Johnny and stands up for himself, sort of questioning what the Cobra Kai Dojo stands for. If you've seen The Karate Kid 2, it begins with a scene between Miyagi and Kreese, kind of facing off in the parking lot after the tournament. This was originally how the film was intended to conclude. And if you read the original script and the novelization, that scene is still in there. So it would have showed Kreese being defeated by Mr. Miyagi, sort of lightheartedly, and all the members of the Cobra Kai Dojo abandoning him. Of course, they would include some of this in Karate Kid 2. After these messages, we'll be right back. Chuck Norris, Karate Commandos. Break it up, hang down, fight for some evil, wherever Figures sold separately. Location to bet. Assignment, recover stolen microchip. Protecting it was Super Ninja. First, Kimo stood up to him and was downed. Then Reed Smith flew in and was grounded. But now it's his karate against mine. Chuck Norris, Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris, Super Ninja, Reed Smith, Kimo, and other figures sold separately. New from Kenner. They're gonna fight! They're gonna fight! I thought Daniel wouldn't fight! He's got no choice! Justin, you must fight to the finish. Fight. Remember, Daniel-son, true strength comes from heart. He's gonna do it! Discover the secrets of karate with Karate Kid Cry Action figures. Concentrate, Daniel-son. They chop, twist, and kick. 
Karate Kid Cry Action figures are each sold separately. And for more action, look for the Karate Kid Competition Center from Remco. And now, back to the show. The film has a great soundtrack, which was released by Casablanca Records. Some songs of note on it are You're the Best, which was used in a montage scene toward the end of the film. Bananarama's hit song Cruel Summer, which was a huge hit outside of the film and is played in it, isn't included in the soundtrack album, sadly. The instrumental scores for all of the Karate Kid films were composed by Bill Conti and orchestrated by Jack Askew. You're the Best was originally written for Rocky III, but the song was rejected. Instead, they used Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. And Survivor would contribute the song Moment of Truth for Karate Kid. If you listen to You're the Best, which I've done quite a lot lately, you'll hear a lyric that says history repeats itself, which doesn't make much sense in terms of the Karate Kid Part 1, and it would have made a lot of sense for Rocky Three. William Bill Conti was born in 1942. He's a composer and conductor, best known for his film scores for Rocky, The Right Stuff, and the TV series Dynasty. He would earn an Academy Award for Best Original Score for The Right Stuff and would receive a nomination for Best Original Song for the Gonna Fly Now from Rocky. The film was very well received at the time and still pretty well received today. It's got a pretty high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. At the time, it got some decent nominations for awards. Pat Morita was nominated for a Best Supporting Actor Academy Award. It would also receive a nomination for a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor for Morita. For the Young Artist Awards, it won Best Family Motion Picture Drama, and it won a Best Young Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture Musical Comedy Adventure or Drama for Shu, and a nomination for Best Young Supporting Actor in the same category for Zabka. As I mentioned, there was a novelization by B.B. Hiller, which was published in 1984. It has some interesting stuff that wasn't included in the film but was supposed to be, so if you're a Karate Kid completist, you might want to check out the book. The film was a big hit, and it would spawn lots of memorabilia, such as posters, t-shirts, video games, action figures, and a very short-lived animated series spinoff on NBC in 1989. The Karate Kid ran for 13 episodes on NBC's Saturday morning lineup, and it starred Joey DiDio and Robert Ito. Of course, if you're going to have a big hit like this, you will get films to follow. Karate Kid 2 came out in 1986 and would make $115 million. The Karate Kid 3 would come out in 1989 and would make $38 million. Then, in 1994, Hilary Swank became Mr. Miyagi's new student, Julie Pierce, in The Next Karate Kid, which made $15.8 million. So, kind of peaked at number two, and then you get a dwindling return. In 2010, a remake of The Karate Kid happened. It starred Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith, and it was simply called The Karate Kid. Instead of taking place in America, it takes place in Beijing. It had a budget of $40 million and would go on to make a whopping $359 million. So you have lots of Karate Kid entertainment to choose from. If you were a fan of the original, here's something that's really cool. If you search for Karate Kid Rehearsal Video 1983 on YouTube, you will find basically the entire movie being rehearsed on VHS with the original actors, and it's just slightly different. You'll get to see some kind of cool stuff, some dialogue variations, and a few scenes that didn't make it into the film. 
It's kind of a nice treat, and it's free. Great way to spend your lunchtime. The Karate Kid is a great inspirational story. It was very popular amongst my friends, amongst one specific friend very much. And maybe that's because it was a fish-out-of-water story about a person from New Jersey, where we were all from, moving out to very exotic California and doing really well for themselves. I like to think that, yes, there's the whole story of becoming a champion and you know, committing yourself to karate, but I like the story of the budding friendship between Daniel and Mr. Miyagi the best. It shows that friendship can transcend culture and generation gaps and blossom into something special, maybe even life-defining. So you should always be ready for friendship because you never know where it's going to pop up. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Bonsai, Mr. Miyagi. Bonsai. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.